Hello, Believers. This is Dr. Shantae, and welcome to another episode of Believing Bigger Podcast, the podcast that helps God chasers find the tools, the confidence, and most importantly, the faith to believe bigger in their dreams. So as promised, this is a series on church hurt. And last week, I kind of laid out a number of the issues, a number of the challenges that many people face and experience in the church. But you can't just lay out the issues and talk about the problems without talking about solutions. So I have invited a very special guest to help us navigate those waters, Dr. Tashonda McPherson. Tashonda is a dear friend of mine. Uh, We go way back. We actually met in church. um, And she and I both have kind of been on this parallel path. She has gone on to Northwestern Law, an attorney at law, and she also works in education and has been like a fierce advocate for social injustice and also being a very relevant uh, voice to matters in the church that impact and, and hurt our people. And she is a member of my sorority and she's my sister friend and she's a fully ordained minister. So a, a, a master's of divinity And she just has a full depth and breadth of understanding of many of the issues that I articulated in that last episode. And so without further ado, I want to bring you guys into that conversation that we had in hopes that it will help to get you guys on the path to healing. And if if this isn't your bag, you know, if you haven't experienced church hurt like that, I completely understand, but I bet you know someone that has. And so please share this episode with them because you just never know how it's going to bless and inspire and, and help move and transition someone from a place of hurt. And I've already gotten several emails and inboxes from you appreciating the first part of this episode. So without further ado, here is part two of Church Hurt. So how are you, Ms. Tashonda? I am doing very well. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Doctor. You know, and <laughs> I don't know who, who blackified that term. I know it was one of us, but she actually is, y'all. She She's a reverend, fully ordained minister, and she's a doctor. She's an attorney at law, you know, a jurist doctorate degree. And so, and you all know that, that in the academy, which is where I teach and, and live and in the professorship, there aren't many of us. There's only 2% of us. So to be able to find another part of that 2% and also one who loves the Lord, like I love the Lord. She also loves yes. the Old Testament, like I love the Old Testament. has <laughs> just been such a blessing. Uh, but one of the things that I do appreciate about Reverend Dr. Tashonda is that she also recognizes many of the challenges that I articulated in the first episode. And and a lot of times that's where we stay. We stay with that hurt. We stay with that pain. We stay with those issues. And we don't speak the truth. Even in the church, we don't always speak the truth as it needs to be spoken and just call that thing right on out. And so I invited her to the show so that she can can kind of help us navigate those waters to get back to a place where we're not throwing out the baby with the bathwater, where we're not throwing out the church with the hurt and all the rest of it. So welcome to the show, Dr. T. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. All right. So you listened to part one. Yes. I did. And her exact words to me, folks, was like, oh, okay, you went in. And I did. Yes. I'm not going to lie. I did go in. But I, I feel that, that that's necessary. And I think that you might be inclined to agree that it is also. Why is it that, that you kind of feel like now was the time for us to be kind of calling these issues out? Well, I think it's it's past time. And I'm glad that okay. you're having this conversation because it's a conversation that 
is uh, so desperately needed in our community, but especially in our church community. And I think the reason why it's important now is that I think people are becoming, our, our congregants are becoming more empowered to speak out and not just allow things to be swept under the rug. Unfortunately, like you addressed in your, um, you know, in the first uh, episode of this series, the church is great in some ways, and we have much work to do in other ways. And this is one of those areas. When people are hurt and come to the church because that's what they're taught to do, when we don't address issues appropriately, we magnify that hurt, and then we also Mm -hmm. end up... um, perpetuating a cycle where hurts um, and wrongs can um, be done. And it, it, it it's contrary to the word of God um, when we don't address things head on and we allow them to fester and become worse than they initially were. So I think it's really important for us to have this conversation now. And sometimes the other thing that I see often is that the church tends to be behind, and I hate to do, say it like this, but behind popular culture. Um, and I think because our um, it's no longer accepted um, to allow abuses and wrongs to occur in any context, and people are speaking up much more um, around the country, but even around the world, now the church is kind of scrambling um, behind the eight ball saying, okay, let's, we, we've got to do something. And so I think you've got a critical mass now being willing to address it in the church. But, again, it's an uphill battle because it's not what we're accustomed to doing. And, you know, and, and, that's, and that's the shame of it, in my opinion. That's really the shame of it because Jesus was a disruptor. Like, you know, the Bible calls him wonderful counselor, prince of peace, mighty God, everlasting father, and all of that is true. But in terms of, like, the social order, the established norms, And the established norms are norms that God himself put in place. He put the rule book in place, okay? He put the very rule book in place, and he took a look at that and said, I've given you something to demonstrate to you that this is not a system that is sustainable. And unfortunately, you didn't recognize that on your own, and so I'm going to send somebody to you to show you that even if you follow all the quote-unquote rules of of the book and the law of the land, that it's still not sufficient. And in the church, you know, that's kind of what we've done today is that, you know, we follow the rule book, you know, and to your point, when we don't address the hurt, you know, and we try to go to the rule of law, you know, or try to quote unquote, pray it away. Um, mm. It doesn't do anything but, but compound the injury. Absolutely. I think one of the issues though is, and, and this is in my wheelhouse, we attempt to adhere to the letter of the law instead of understanding what the intent is. And we do it in the Mm. church too. And so when you Mm. are so focused on, well, the rule says don't turn left on this red light, but you are so hard pressed on not turning left, but there's a a car coming behind you that is, you know, about to smashing to you and all the um, passengers that are in the walkway, but if you turn left, you'll be able to avoid those um, casualties. We misunderstand that the the law is saying don't turn left on this red because you could cause damage. But if you're uh, uh, going around the damage or around the hurt, 
that is the whole purpose of these rules that are in place. And that's the intent of the Bible is to demonstrate love. And we have guidelines that we're supposed to adhere to in order to demonstrate the love of Christ in our relationships, in our communities, in our families. But when you're so stuck on saying, well, look, I'm going to stay at this red light and I'm going to let this, you know, car crash and then it's going to hit me and hurt me. And then there'll be, you know, side effects of that crash because others will be impacted. You've totally just missed the intent of the law. Completely missed the intent. And when I say Jesus was a disruptor, you know, there are times where I read the New Testament as much as I love the Old Testament, but there are times where I read the New Testament and I have to pause and I'll be like, hmm. Jesus just cussed him out without using cuss words. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, Jesus used to just make people be like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. You know, Jesus was like the original shade thrower. Yes. Okay, but he didn't do so in a way that – but but the thing is, he always did it in a way that was loving. You know, Jesus was very polished in his delivery, but yeah. sometimes in our humanity – and sometimes in our emotion, you know, we have a tendency to kind of fight fire with fire. And mm-hmm. we kind of take this approach like, oh, well, I'll show you, church, F you, church, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to go and, and this and this and that. So what do you say to people who take that response, who just say, to hell with the church, man is flawed, and I don't want to be around a bunch of flawed people, and I'm out. How, how do you deal with that? That's a great question, and it's a hard one because I've experienced it in my own life, and I've had friends and um, individuals that I minister to who've had that approach. But my first response is to listen and to understand where the hurt comes from and to respond to the person in love, not to judge them and say, well, you know you need to go to church, and you know you were raised in the church, and you know God loves you, and you know so forth. Because all you're doing is making the person feel worse and pushing them further away from the church. And then I also hear the response, well, you know, God is bigger than the church, so I don't have to go to the church in order to maintain my faith. I understand that as well. But there's, you know, the counterpart, which is, you know, you're um, encouraged and you grow when you're around a body of believers and you're attached to a congregation um, in which you can study and rightly divide the word of truth. But, you know, I understand where people are when they've been so deeply hurt by the ones who were um, called to care for them and tend to them or by someone mm-hmm. who they've, you know, allowed, um, you know, uh, some level of trust to exist. It's really hard to get past that. And so I think the first step in addressing church hurt Um, is to do just that, address it, and allow people to vent and to complain and to express, you know, all of the wrong that was done to them um, before you try to make them come back to the church. Exactly. You know, the thing is, a lot of times what churches will do is they will use, so what Dr. T just gave you about, you know, you were raised in the church and you know the Mm -hmm. Bible says, that's we're going to call that the company line, okay? Mm -hmm. So the church, Uh, more times than not, will give you the company line. And the company line is not sufficient, okay? It's not sufficient to address the hurt. But here's the rub, though. Okay, so, for example, you know, it's like you're working at a a company or for a corporation and something egregious occurred and you decide, you know what, 
I'm going to be an independent contractor. Forget this whole corporate environment. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to be an independent contractor and I'm going to, you know, continue the work, but, but I'll be doing it separately and doing uh-huh. it remotely from, you know, the, the company or the corporation. But the problem is, and I'm, I'm just going to be real, listeners, the problem is not instead of becoming an independent contractor, we just quit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. we're, we're sitting at home collecting, quote, unquote, Christian unemployment, as it were, and some of us not even that. Okay, like we just we just all the way out. And so we're at home, and we just straight quit. We're not continuing to labor in the vineyard. We're not right. continuing to, you know, to love on people the way that they need to love. Mm-mm, we're not doing that. We're just, we're just done. And the yeah. reality of the uh, is is that sometimes that's what hurt does. We, not even just church hurt, but sometimes that's just what hurt does. Okay, Absolutely. and a lot of us are grieving and walking wounded. And we don't even realize the magnitude of the grief or the depth of the wound because we've just stopped. Absolutely. You see it all the time. And like you said, it's inside and outside of the church. But I think it's even more, and I don't have any statistics to back this up, but just my own personal experience, I feel like it's more accepted outside of our church communities to address the hurts that life has caused, relationships have caused, our own self-doubt has caused, and to get help to work through those things so that we can grow. But inside the church, we're taught, go to church, read the Bible, and pray it away. Mm. And absolutely, Mm. we need to be invested in the Word. We need to read and study um, and really um, discern where it is the Spirit is leading us and how we should address things and how we should make decisions. We, you know, can um, be encouraged you know, in song, by a hug, or anything, you know, in the church. But it is not always sufficient to tell someone, you better pray about it, or you're, you, the reason you're experiencing this is because you're not praying hard enough. That is the, oh, I, I hate to hear that. It, it burns me up because all you're doing is compounding the hurt that someone is feeling, their level of inadequacy because they feel like they've gotten themselves into a situation and they don't know where which way to turn. And they do the right thing by coming to the church or to an individual within the church, um, a, the leadership of the church, and then they're told, well, you, you're just not a good enough Christian because you didn't pray it away or something that you did caused this and this is God's wrath against you. That is not helping somebody to grow and to um, navigate their way through, um, you know, the challenges of life, especially when it comes to mental health um, challenges um, and and just learning how to cope with hurts that have gone so long unresolved. Exactly. In the words of Miss Charlene, that ain't the work of the Lord. <laughs> that, that is not. <laughs> that ain't it. That ain't the work of the, That ain't it. Okay. I, I see her in her orange jumpsuit right now in them white 1972. <laughs> that ain't the work of the Lord. Okay. Um, but not only is, is it not the work of, of the Lord, but there's this piece of it where, and I hate to use the P word, especially in the church, but there's this plantation-esque mentality, right? Mm -hmm. You know, first of all, black people, I'm going to go ahead and give us some credit, okay? There is something to be said 
for the type of mental fortitude that is required to have a child that you have cultivated in your womb for, for nine months and to nurture that child to a place of vibrancy and buoyancy only to have that child ripped from your arms and sold off into a life of servitude and then have to turn around and get right back out on said plantation and just keep it moving like that just didn't happen. Man, we come from strong stock, and I get that. But but brothers and sisters, listeners, this ain't that. (laughs) This ain't that. The days of sucking it up and soldiering on and acting like that didn't happen, mm-mm, mm-mm, no, you know, we're not. And I'm glad that, that Dr. T brought up brought up the, the part about mental health because there's also this piece in the church, many churches, that, you know, oh, just pray and walk away and mm-hmm. that, you know, you don't need to, the Bible ain't said nothing about no counselor. You know, you need to just go to the Lord and, and leave it right there. Um, please speak to that piece of it because there's a lot of us that are walking wounded that don't yeah. believe in therapy. That's not my testimony. I, I, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in, in, As in am therapist. I. I'm a, honey. Okay. Like just going to have to go ahead and, and, and use that benefit. But, but, and, and I, I want a minister of, of the cloth to mm-hmm. speak to that. So can you do that for us, please? Yeah. So, and this is, you know, I I believe this is part of the work that I've been called to, and I didn't understand it when I first received my call. And, you know, in all honesty, we've had this conversation before. I fought it. I ran, and I was like, nope, that's that's not what you, I, not not me. But once I started to, you know, surrender um, and really understand what it is that God has called me to, not only do I believe that God has called me to women and young girls, but also to um, help um, people understand that it is okay and even acceptable for Christians to seek um, mental health, professional help, um, and to help um, even our leadership, our, our ministers, our pastors, to um, guide individuals into seeking um, professional mental health health um, support. So I, I think here's the issue. You know, you just discussed it and you said, you know, our history, our legacy is one of strength. And we have been taught to endure because that was the only way we could survive. We couldn't Uh call out the injustices that were being done to us. We couldn't um, complain that something wasn't fair. We couldn't go to the master and say, "Um, you know, I know you told me to work these fields, but, you know, my feet got blisters on them and I'm tired. And, um, you know, your son's sitting up in the house drinking lemonade, so why don't you get him to come out? That, That wasn't happening. And so historically we've been taught to suffer and suffer in silence because that was the only way to survive. And unfortunately Mm -hmm. our communities have perpetuated that way of living. And I I get it, you know, even from the time of slavery into, um, you know, the the 60s and 70s, you know, when we were going through the civil rights movement, you know, we did not as a community want to alert any um, agency, government authority, the, the man, to any mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, potential um, mishaps or harms or um, inadequacies in our family because we were already on their mm-hmm. radar. 
And so in order to go and get support, to go to a doctor, all that did was call additional attention and unwanted attention by the government onto a black family. And so we continued the legacy of being silent. And there, every black family and probably every family outside of our community has some hurt, some secret that has been perpetuated in the family. Everybody knows it, but nobody speaks about it. And that is the damage that has been done to our family. And it, it is only now that this new generation with this wave of speaking out, are we starting to address the damage that silence um, can do to us. Um, And so now what, I mean, over time, what I've seen is that legacy has um, become rooted in the church. And it's harder for the church to um, maneuver their way out of that tradition and to allow people to speak up and address their hurts. And so, like you said, what we're hearing from pastors when people are coming seeking counsel, um, pastoral counsel, we're being told, flip to a proverb, read this, flip, flip to a psalm, read this, and... Take some um, scriptures and call Jesus in the morning. Pray about it and, and go home, and you'll be all right. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's not reality. reality. Yeah, that's not reality. Um, and it's unfortunate. Um, but what I, what I am starting to see a trend among, um, at least within my denomination, and I know uh, a lot of other churches are doing the same, is they're starting to differentiate between pastoral care and, and pastoral counseling and counseling or therapy that's provided by a mental health professional and recognizing that we're limited as ministers if we have not received the requisite training to be identified as a mental health professional. And so knowing what your boundaries are and what your limitations are is really the first step for the for the church to be able to address. Oh, I guess I would say the second step for the church to be able to address. The first step is to allow, to recognize that people are hurt and allow them to um, identify those hurts. And the second would be to recognize that in our capacity as uh, ministers without the right training, we're limited in the type of assistance that we can provide. And if we don't understand that, we can really do um, a lot more damage to individuals who are already hurting. I I agree with that. And I want a a wholehearted amen. And something that you said, you alluded to it, but I'm going to go ahead and call it out because I don't know what else to do, but to just call, just call it out. Right. Mm -hmm. More times than not, in the black church, because churches are male dominated, yeah. I just I just want to any any married listeners out there, you know how hard it is to get your husband to come to couples counseling. You, <laughs> you know it's a struggle because more times than not, I'm not gonna say all oh, they just don't believe in that, and the yeah. way that 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 male pride is set up, yeah. oh. Yeah, I can clown with you, and 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 that's fine behind closed doors. But if you think I'm about to get in front of a third party <laughs> and 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 out myself, you know, or be outed, or for, for to, to disclose the things that are happening behind closed doors, yeah, oh, no. <laughs> hell to the no, to the no, no, no. <laughs> that's not what's about to happen. And so we would be foolish to think that that doesn't also permeate its way into the pulpit, but but to Dr. T's point, you know, uh, Romans 12, 4, it says, for just as each of us has one body with many members, 
these members do not all have the same function. And listeners, what I want to try to get across to you today is that your pastor cannot be the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker. Now, don't yes. get me wrong. He has some, some ground to cover. He has significant ground to cover. Yes. But if that man is not a license, that's why the state regulates it. The fact that you require a license, that's the, yes. a reason why the state regulates licensure, because they say we cannot put the mental health, the, fragil the fragility of the mind into the hands of someone who is not trained yes. and licensed and a professional to do so because the mind is just that fragile. So if your pastor is not a licensed, trained professional, cut that man some slack, give him a measure of grace and be like, you know what? You can't do it all. And mm -hmm. and Jesus allows people, okay, many different uh, functions. I, you know, I, I joke about this all the time, especially, you know, when I'm pressed about money. I'm like, mm -hmm. why God didn't bless me to be able to do, how, like, sew in? You know what I mean? Like, why <laughs> God did not bless my fingers to be able to, like, beat faces so I could just, like, get my money? God didn't <laughs> bless me like that, you know? And, and I know I have enough wisdom to stay in my lane. Yes. And, and I think that pastors need to have enough wisdom to be like, ooh, I love Jesus, and Jesus can do all, but this is beyond beyond me. me. But <laughs> this, that's this is beyond the scope of my training. And but that's a shift because the church was everything for our community. So think back again, mm -hmm. in, you know, in the in the forties, fifties, and sixties, when people needed resources, when they couldn't make ends meet, when their child needed somebody to help them in their educational program, when, mm. um, you know, somebody was struggling or you got an extra mouth to feed or, you know, you've now become mother of your, um, you know, your neighbor's so child because mm -hmm. it's a village. Yeah. It, the church was everything. We went to the church for everything. And so, in some ways, it's it's a catch-22 because the church and the pastors became what the community needed them to be, but we did not also require that they undergo certain types of training. And now, years later, we're still expecting them to perform these tasks that they don't have training for and that they've just been trying to figure it out as they go, not realizing that they're causing additional harm. Um, you know, because of that, you know, and, and, you know, I would say the majority of pastors mean well. We got a few yeah. of them that are out there doing some other stuff. They out there roll. Mm -hmm. But I would say the majority of pastors and ministers genuinely and truly have a heart for God and God's people and really want to help. But even in my own training, you know, as much as I want to help and, you know, reach out to people who've reached out to me, I recognize that this responsibility is heavy. And there I, I, I'm certain in my effort to help someone who sought counsel from me, even though I know where there's, you know, my limitations, you know, and I can direct people to other resources, I am certain that I have said something or done something that may have caused additional harm, even though it was not my intention. But that is exactly. why... It's a two-way street. So you've got the congregation, our community needs to hold pastors and ministers to a higher standard, true, because the, the Bible says so, but also that higher standard of saying, I need you to have the right kind of training in these areas. 
and to mm-hmm. know when you don't connect to other resources in the community that you can refer people out to. Expand the village. That's all it is. Expand the village. Because I work at a college and, you know, students bring all kinds of things into the classroom. And sometimes there are these moments where they pull the pen out of these emotional grenades and I'm like, wow, Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that with us. I'm sorry that you experienced that. But that right there, I do a hard stop because for me to even attempt to try to counsel that person, case in point, you know, let's bring it to a more practical example. If somebody, you know, does something, you know, some freak accident, you know, they try to close the window, but the window slams shut, glass everywhere, and all of a sudden this person is bleeding. I know enough about the limitations of my medical training, which is zero, Mm -hmm. To be mm-hmm. like, oh, you know what? Let me call somebody that can do something for you <laughs> because I'm not that person. And I think that in the church, we have to have the spiritual wherewithal to be like, oh, yeah, see, I'm a general practitioner, but you mm-hmm. need a specialist. A specialist. And so I'm going to go ahead and refer out to the specialist because if I try to, you know, with my limited scope of training, I might do more harm than good. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think it that's why I say it's a two-way street. I think pastors and ministers need to be open to that and, and to articulate to the congregation, I am not the be-all, end-all of everything related to your hurts, pains, trauma, um, spiritual health, all of that combined. I can guide you. I can pray with you. I can... Um, you know, um, reference um, scripture so that you can have an understanding of how you might navigate through this this situation. But when it comes to the the actual work that you will need to do to address the hurts and the harms that have happened mm-hmm. to you, mm-hmm. I need to. Um, Doctor uh, Johnson over here has a, a whole practice, right? And is a, a specialist LCPT. in this area. Yes, absolutely. So, listeners. Trust me and Dr. T, we could go all day on this because she's actually a, a dear friend and we have these conversations. We have these conversations all the time because she's a minister. She thinks I'm a minister, but I can tell her something like I'm, I'm way she too doesn't ratchet. Know it yet. Like I'm, mm, I'm way too ratchet. I call, you know what? I, I, where, here's where I've landed. I'm a speaker teacher, so I'm going to call that a speecher. So I'll be a speaker. A preacher? That's what I heard. A yeah, but not a preacher because, like, way too ratchet. But the, the thing is is that she and I both are in the position where people will call us in moments of spiritual crises. And you yeah. know what? Sometimes we just can't do anything but cry with you because yeah. that, that, you know, that's it. That's all that we can do. But, but, but for us to try to even attempt to try to cultivate the type of and, – and what I will do, I will immediately refer out. I'd be mm-hmm. like, you know what? Here's what I can do with you, and this is how far I can take you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's kind of like if you're trying to get from point A to point Z, it's like, look, I can get you to F. Mm-hmm. But if you need, if you're trying to go all the way to Z, I'm going to hand you off. So it's just like, you know, when you take a bus That's to a certain baton. place and when that bus runs out, now you got to get a transfer and you yep. got to get on this train or you got to go on that. It's the same thing. And it doesn't make you less of a Christian. It doesn't make you less of a pastor to refer out. You know, like we have to get beyond that and just yeah. call it out for what it is and here's the thing and and, and and here's my final word so i'll give you an opportunity <clears throat> to live your leave your final word too 
is that churches, if any church leaders, ministers, whatever, are listening to this, sometimes, you know, an apology goes a long way. Mm. And, and not a, and not a, um, and this is not an apology. I'm sorry that happened to you, you know, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry you feel that way. No, you know, just like there's that book, the, the the five love languages, there are also languages of apology. And my language of apology is I need you to own your, I need you to own that. I need you to say, okay, and, and call out exactly what it is that you're sorry for. Don't be sorry about how I feel. I need you to call out the actions that were the inappropriate. Action. That's right. And I need you to recognize that even, you know, if, if you were not the perpetrator, and just say, I want to acknowledge that this was wrong and that this hurt you. And it won't take all of 30 seconds, but it, it goes such a long yeah. way to, 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 to facilitate the healing process. But with a capital B, yeah. I don't want you all's healing to be hung up on an apology that you may never get. And so if you don't ever get that apology, I, I want you to do what uh, Tashana and I have been talking about. And go and and go and see that specialist. Okay, go in and resolve that hurt. Don't 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 throw Jesus out with the bathwater. You know, um, don't do that. But go in and get the the help that you need, and then pray for a vineyard that will cultivate and help you to to restore that relationship that was lost as a result of church hurt. So that that's my final word. What's your final word? I would say this. There are two things that I think, and this is particularly for the ministers um, or anyone who's in church leadership. You're the leader of an auxiliary, um, you worship leader, whatever it is, however you serve in the church. Because whatever capacity um, that you're uh, operating in, people will, will seek you out for counsel. So church hurt extends beyond the pastor, but I, I think... Um, you know, it, it's important for the ministers and the pastoral team, especially to hear this. And that is before we can address the hurts of our congregation and truly minister to the individuals who've been entrusted into our care, we have to get ourselves right. And yes, we have been trained, we've gone to school, we've read the Bible inside and out, we, we, we recognize the call. But there's a cost to this call. And if we are truly trying to help people navigate through their hurts and pains, not only do we need to recognize our limitations there in terms of our training, but also we need to get our own help. So pastors, ministers, go do your own work so that you have a a testimony to share with somebody else in your congregation that will encourage them to do their own work too. When they, when you give them that referral and say, uh, you know, this is, uh, uh, a counseling agency, they've been trained, um, they're, they're pastoral counselors um, or Christian counselors perhaps. Whoever you refer them to, you can attach that with, and I know how difficult it is for some of us to go and seek out help. So number one, thank you for recognizing that you needed to talk to someone. My limitations are here. But in my own experience, I've gone through counseling. I've gotten the help that I needed, and I'm so much stronger and a much more well-rounded and adaptable person because I did my own work. But you can't help somebody if you can't address your own issues. So That's right. That's right. Well, thank you so much. Um, and listeners, you know, I did this because – you know, I do work that I consider evergreen. And so and what that means is I have people that come and find my show on a whim th- three seasons after, you know, it started or four seasons after it started. 
and they'll be like, oh, my God, this episode was the one that I needed to hear that day. I know that you've been on the air, and I've seen your name here and there, but but I decided to tune in. And, and Church Hurt is, is so real and is so relevant right now because with all of these movements, you know, Me Too and, and all of that, you know, as soon as you start talking about Church Too, people want to start sweeping that under the rug, and they don't want to mm-hmm. talk about it. But but that's not going to make the problem go away. And so I hope that this in some small measure could could start to move many of you to a place where you begin to resolve those hurts. And I also got a few um, book recommendations from listeners. And so I'll be sure to um, put those in the show notes, which I haven't done in forever, but I will definitely do with this go around. Dr. T, thank you so much for joining us on Absolutely. this episode. I so appreciate you and if you want to have any curiosity like about who she is and how she looks or whatever we just celebrated her fabulous 40th (laughs) birthday so you can hit me up at dr shante says and see that she is fierce and um all of that good stuff so thank you guys so much if you have any questions comments takeaways hit me up at dr shante says and you can catch us next time thank you 